speaking with uh, Yoav Gorin, who is the president and founder of Immediate Music, and uh, thanks so much for talking with me today. Oh, it's my my pleasure. Thank you. So, tell me how how did Immediate Music came to be, and why uh, why did you decide to you know start a music production company? Well, it was actually uh, uh, I can't believe it, but it was actually twenty years ago that. Uh, I, uh, um, myself and my partner Jeffrey Feynman uh, started, started writing together. Uh, our express interest at that time was to be uh, film composers. We shared the same kind of sensibilities, same types of soundtracks, and, uh, but you know, we brought it from uh, slightly different angles and we, we, found, we found that we really worked well together. Uh, in order to get to that point where we could regularly score, uh, get get score some jobs, basically get uh, some film film work, uh, we thought that uh, a stepping stone towards that might be working on trailers. Now, my partner Jeff had worked on uh, trailers previously, uh, on some B movie trailers, and uh, he thought that that would be a good kind of entryway if we can get into with a couple of uh, trailer houses in L.A. And there weren't that many back then. So there were a handful of trailer houses that were doing the work, and we thought that you know we could offer a a cool kind of demo reel of our work, and you know maybe they throw us some work every now and again. So um, we started uh, on that road. You know, we dropped off. Uh, I believe even at that time, gosh, I'm dating myself, but it was uh, cassettes. Our demos were on cassette, and we dropped those off around town. And uh, lo and behold, we got a call back from one place, and. Uh, Offered, uh, you know, offered us to do a trailer. At, uh, the first, the first trailer we did was the Academy Awards trailer for 1993, I believe it was, either 94 or 93. Yeah, so they had a montage and uh, they wanted us to score it. And this was going into the theaters. You know, it was going to show for a month before the uh, the Academy Awards uh, presentation. Um, so from there on, we we started getting some other work and uh, scoring trailers and. Uh, a couple of years into it, uh, we discovered that we could uh, just kind of write music on our own without any specific trailer assignment. And the clients on the trailer house side or in the studio side could actually just use that music as a basis for the soundtrack to their trailer without us having to write it. And so that's kind of out of that grew the whole impetus for the let's call it the library, the production library of immediate music, which its sole purpose was to serve the trailer industry at the time. Mm -hmm. So that's, yeah, that's how we kind of, that's, we evolved as composers into producers. We're still obviously composers, but we, we oversee, you know, uh, uh, pretty sizable for trailer music, pretty sizable catalog, which um, it's it, the the goal is to get music into trailers, and most of that is done through licensing at this point. Right, and I mean, you guys were like the, the original. I remember growing up at the time before internet. You know, you hear something, and you're like, I want to know what that is, and you don't know what it is, and <laughs> you spend all this time searching for the music. And now, you guys are releasing. I mean, you've had you've had previous albums, these trailerhead albums, that yeah. are finally bringing this. You know, did you expect? to be such a, a huge interest in trailer music? I mean, I feel like a lot of people are like, wow, it's so, you know, it just resonates with people. It resonates with me, too, just how yeah. big and bold the music is. So what, what when, was it the, when was the time right to start making the albums? 
Well, it's interesting because uh, for many, many years, and I apologize, there's a, there's a really large uh, sanitation truck outside my window, so <laughs> no I'm problem. hoping I'm coming through here. Um, uh, the, for many, many years, uh, we were, well, we still are pretty much, a, a, if you want to call it a B2B company, we, we work with other businesses. In other words, we license our music to the studios and to the trailer houses. And uh, it was never kind of our goal to have a public, if you will, release mm -hmm. because the studios like to feel that they're getting something exclusive that nobody else can have. And that way it, it remains unique to their campaigns and it's not, it's not as watered down. So for that reason too, we, we didn't really distribute it even past the trailer houses and the film studios like a lot of libraries do. Um, so it was really a chore to try to keep our music from being uh, shared after a while, you know, when the internet started coming around and peer-to-peer -peer and the whole genre became uh, of interest to a lot of consumers, if you will. And at that point, you know, we, we, we really couldn't stop the floodgates um, of people wanting to get their hands on the music. And I remember early on, we were starting to get emails like, can I please buy this track from you? And they mentioned a specific track that they saw in a specific trailer. And, you know, we really were just not set up to do that at all. It would, it would really take a whole other person to you know, field all that and to put stuff together and, you know, if you're going to be a record label, then you have to do certain things. Um, but over time, that's exactly what happened is that the demand started getting really uh, big and me as an artist as well, I was always kind of, you know, frustrated that I couldn't really share my music outside of, you know, 30 or 40 marketing executives in Hollywood. Mm -hmm. uh, so. Uh, as an artist, I really wanted to share what, uh, over the years, I've kind of developed uh, my uh, style of writing and, and production. And the, the confluence of events being the fact that, you know, the awareness of trailer music, the availability and the ease of, of use of downloading music through the Internet, and the, and the ability to kind of spread the word far and wide in a fairly uh, short amount of time, primarily because the vehicles themselves, the trailers were being carried all over the world and kind of uh, advertisement for my work really. Uh, so it made sense at that time to uh, go forward and just kind of open up a little record label and put put out the first trailer head which was uh, in 2008 which was a you know just a small collection of, of tracks that uh, we had uh, previously had released to our clients uh, even starting in two, from 2003 so it was a compilation of some of some of uh, my, you know, our proudest works, and uh, from there, it, uh, you know, I think I'm not taking credit for for opening that uh, world of, um, you know, trailer music out to the to the public, because certainly there were uh, there were pioneers before me as well. But I think since that moment, we've just absolutely seen a burgeoning of of this kind of music being put out commercially to the public. And I'm very happy that it is out to the public finally. Um, and because I really think trailers are an, an underrated art form. And I think that trailers were better than they were, especially in the 90s. I feel like that was like the prime uh, mm -hmm. moment for trailers. Uh, how do you think that movie trailers have changed from the time you started in media music to, oh, to now? Yeah. 
They've changed a lot. I mean, uh, back in the 90s, and, and I agree with you, that was really uh, a golden age of trailers. Not that it's not now, but it, it, was, it was really exciting back then because we evolved from it being a kind of an afterthought almost, a marketing afterthought, to really, like you said, an art form. Mm -hmm. it, uh, it really did become uh, a very, very creative two-and-a-half-minute film. Uh, with specific choices in pacing and visual style and music, of course. Uh, back then, I think the emphasis was really about it being a cinematic, melodic approach. And over time, that's really uh, kind of changed uh, a little, you know, quite a bit, to where today you have a lot of, uh, a lot of music and sound design, basically, that really strives to, um, let's say, you know, emphasize, more emphasize what's going on on screen with, with sound as opposed to melody more, I would say, and not, not the big cinematic, you know, kind of orchestral sound that we are used to, although they're actually a very prevalent style today is what we call hybrid, where we have the, you know, the, the real orchestra, and uh, a heavy dose of electronics, uh, but you know it's it, more trailers today are um, have moved away from the from the a thematic kind of undertone for the music, um, and you know I mean I'm I'm a melody guy, so I, I always I always like to see trailers that are you know that that give you that melody where it really reaches you emotionally. It's it's much more of a potent emotional reaction than, you know, uh, scrapes and, and whooshes and, 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 you know, really interesting kind of ear candy synth lines going on. But, uh, you know, I do that as well. And, and I enjoy it from a compositional uh, perspective because it's, it's challenging. And, you know, at the end of the day, it is, it is creating a soundtrack for, for film, basically. So it's, uh, but, it, but it really has changed over the years. And also what also has changed is, I feel like there's not a lot less uh, uh, voice narration in trailers too, you know, such as the great Don LaFontaine, whose voice has been in so many trailers. How, how did that, at the time, if, or even today, there are occasionally, you know, some, some narration, how does that affect the, the music when you're putting it underneath in such a short, compressed time when, you know, in a world or, you know, stuff like that? Right, right. You know, it, I, I, I think it, it exposes the music more in a vertical way in, 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 as opposed to a, a horizontal kind of through line for the music with a beginning, a middle, and an end, and an arc of a thematic melody. Uh, because there's no narration, it's, it kind of divide the trailer into blocks, and the music is much more exposed and plays a, a more prevalent role. The same way that sound effects also may play much more of a role these days. You know, I... <laughs> The, I, I think what did the narration uh, in trailers in was the ubiquity of it, really. It just got so, it became a par almost a parody of itself. Like you said, the inner world, uh, inner world uh, <laughs> uh, phrase. It was just, you know, I mean, everything, you know, and you had to do it in that inner world kind of voice. <laughs> you know, uh, it just... It became too, you know, it, I think it's a, it's a shifting style. Uh, I, do, I do like seeing it coming back a little bit, uh, certainly not to the level where it was, 
But I think there's, you know, it's a stylistic choice. And, you know, when you see trailers, and I'll point to a trailer, let's say the, uh, the Battle LA trailer, mm-hmm. where it's, it's really, there's no, not only is there any voice, but there's just very, very kind of, uh, you know, the soundtrack is so far away from what you really even hear in the film that it's, it's so stylistically done that it's, that it, it, it's, 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 it's interesting because it's, it, it, it really does elevate it to, to a separate and unique art form than the film itself. And it, it's not really a matter like in the 50s where they used to show entire scenes in the trailer. Right, right, yeah. It, it really is snippets and, and combining the, the picture and the music together, it's just kind of a, it's, it's really a tease it's much more of a teaser approach these days with trailers than it is about even divulging any kind of storyline. It's, it's about the vibe of the film. And I'm seeing that more and more in trailers where it's, where it's just kind of creating an atmosphere that they think will reach a wide demographic in order to come see it on opening weekend, which is still the goal. The goal hasn't changed. It's just the method of getting there has, has really altered and uh, so when you are composing for, uh, I mean, you, you, I'm, I'm assuming that you have clients who come to you with a, a trailer and they say, we need music. And then you have clients who come to you and they say, we want to license your music. Well, what's, do you have more people trying to get custom music or do you have a lot more people licensing older pieces that you've done? Well, uh, currently, you know, a lot of the campaigns really want to get a unique sound. Uh, what we're finding is... Um, while we do still, you know, license, I mean, I'm, I'm surprised by it almost on a daily basis how we license older pieces that everybody's heard a million times. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, it, it, you know, there is a very uh, astute uh, need for a unique branding audio for a trailer. So that's why custom is, is not gone away. As a matter of fact, I feel that it's, it's really coming back uh, because of the, the, the need to have a a unique uh, audio brand for the for the trailer. So either they're looking for something brand new that has not been even released to all the other trailer companies yet, or or they'll they'll come to us with with the custom request. Or also we get a lot of uh, requests to alter existing pieces of music mm-hmm. uh, that you know to kind of customize it or specialize it for that for the picture. So we'll start with an existing piece because we do a lot of productions, you know, high kind of uh, high high quality productions with orchestras and choirs and and stuff like that. And they, they you know they sound pretty good and but they may not be just matching up to to film to to, to their trailer. So we're we're called in to, to tweak sometimes a little more than tweaking, sometimes doing more recording, changing entire entire melody lines out or arrangements out uh, because let's say they start you know they, they like the feel of the percussion but then they want this changed or or melody going there or stopping there and you know so we get we get a fair amount of requests like that I'd say that mostly though it's still about licensing and that was a, a conscious decision of ours to to really kind of create almost to dictate what your trailers should sound like by, right, right. by pre-creating these pieces and hoping that we're right, you know. And uh, uh, every project, it's you know, every project, it's a new kind of adventure for us. We're we're hoping that we're right, 
And uh, so far, you know, touch wood, we've been ripe for almost 20 years now. So, <laughs> so do you have like a, a certain structural formula for different genres? Do you like, all right, we're going to do some, maybe some drama, things that could be used in a drama trailer, drama film, or some action, some sci-fi. So do you have like a kind of a, I guess, a bank of ideas for every genre? Um, yeah, I would say there is a, there is a, a, an understood kind of, let's call it a, instrumentation group or you know kind of a feeling of of what what differentiates a drama cue from an action cue from an epic you know uh, epic dramatic cue or a sci-fi cue so there are those kind of uh, tools and it's really the sense that both my partner Jeff and I have of what constitutes what but you know we may not get it right either all the time and it's you know, sometimes you'll have, you know, a horror, you know, you can have a, a sci-fi trailer and they'll, they'll totally go a different way than what we think is sci-fi music. So you really have to kind of not limit yourself to uh, historical boundaries in, in, in all these genres because things are really changing, you know, pretty quickly and, and styles and trends and people don't want to sound like they did five years ago even. So you have to you have to really keep on your toes, and that's really a, a great part of this industry. Is it really challenges you as a composer and a producer, and keeps you, you know, focused on, on the now. Uh, really, uh, the 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 great thing about for me the the re, you know the aspect of releasing music on Trailerhead, and you know we've got our new Trailerhead Triumph release actually released today, October thirty. Uh, is that I'm able to go apart from the trailer industry. I'm able to just present, you know, what maybe are my favorite pieces that you know that I've done over the last few years that other composers have done that we've produced, and uh, presented just as let's call it epic music, you know, without without having to conform to what in the industry is is going on right now. So. I, I kind of have the best of both worlds, and I'm really, you know, grateful that I'm that I'm able to live in, in those both worlds as both as a as an industry, uh, you know, composer, and also as a, if you will, uh, just an artist. Mm -hmm. And I mean, it's great, yeah, that the music can now kind of breathe on its own and then have its own life, because it, it's true that I, I do sense that the industry kind of dictates what it wants and uh, I mean I have to ask you uh, a very recent influence that I've noticed and I'm sure you, you might be sick of it but Inception was such a huge influence on trailers and I felt like every trailer I heard was you know brom brom and I'm just like enough you know yeah yeah <laughs> so how many I mean do clients come up to you but like we want an Inception trailer and then you you know kind of like you just have to like okay you know <laughs> like how do you deal yeah, with yeah, that you know. It's an it's a great question because um, I think the the window of time of influence of a certain cue in a trailer has gotten really short. For instance, the Inception, uh, the Inception trailer was really everybody wanted something like that for up until a year after, mm -hmm. and then it just kind of dropped off the table. Uh, it, because again, it almost becomes a almost a parody of itself. I mean. Another great example is a lot of our uh, big orchestra and choir cues. You know, it's funny. We found a lot of them being used in comedy trailers hmm. because, you know, the, the style of, oh, hey, oh, ah, ah, you know, it, yeah. it was used like as a setup, you know, 
as if we're going into this dramatic music, then they break into that this R&B tune or a pop song. You know, it's like, you know, ha ha, we were just kind of setting you up on that, right. you know, as, as if this is a big, important movie. But no, it's actually a kind of a silly, fun movie. So, yeah, it's it. it I'm thankful that the trend is more like, you know, we've heard that before. Let's try to get something new or the industry challenges, uh, you know, companies like mine and others in the field to innovate, which is which is a great, great gift, actually. And which I think you guys set up uh, the voice, I think the true voice of trailer music, which I mean, there's plenty of other great uh, music houses now that, that do music, but uh, I really think that you guys did it, started it all <laughs> for at least for me when I was growing. I was I was a '90s kid, so that was that was my my music for you know every time I got went to the tra- movies and I saw one of those trailers, I'm like yes, you know. <laughs> <laughs> right. And right. You'd, you'd pick up the recurring ones, but I guess looking back, is there any particular trailer in your memory that really sticks out as something special? Well, I think the. Uh, um... There's a couple, really, over the years. Um, believe it or not, in the mid-90s, I'm, I'm really proud of the trailer we did for Waterworld, which was a huge flop. But at the time, there was a lot of energy and money put into that trailer. It was a big deal. Obviously, they didn't know it was going to be a flop, right? right? It was a massive budget film, and they put a lot of time and effort, and we actually... Uh, scored part of it and licensed music to the rest of it. So we, we kind of had the whole trailer. And one of the cool things about it is one of our cues in there uh, really uh, hit a nerve with the producers so much that they, um, that they had the film's composer uh, do uh, the thematic opening for the film was really very much based on our track that we had composed for the trailer, including using the same female vocalist uh, that, that sang on our track uh, was, was on the film soundtrack. Uh, so that, that was, a, that was a, a nice moment that kind of I, I felt like, uh, you know, we had arrived. And then the other, you know, real pivotal moment for us was the Spider-Man 2 trailer uh, back in, gosh, when was that? 2003, 4, something like that? I remember that trailer very, very well, yeah. Uh, because that was, uh, you know, we had just finished recording a very big, pro- you know, uh, a, a week of recording with orchestra and choir. It was a very big expense. It was a gamble for us, uh, and it, it really paid off uh, because it, 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 the music really was used as we had hoped it was. It was featured at the back end of a trailer. It was a full kind of 45-second usage. There was no narration, no explosions. It was just music and visuals, and it was a fantastic showcase for that track. And it was, uh, the track is called Lacrimosa. And uh, it, it really kind of established our what we called our themes for orchestra and choir series as it's kind of a go-to, you know, this is how you want your trailer to sound. And since then, we've been, you know, putting out these big kind of budget uh, productions. And I'm just... I'm just you know, so lucky to be able to do that for so long and to, you know, realize my musical aspirations through uh, recording with, uh, on these big productions with orchestra and choir and phenomenal, you know, session musicians and engineers. It's just, uh, it's just a, a blast. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, obviously there's, you know, thousands of placements we've had, but it, you know, just off the cuff, I can think of those two as a uh, pivotal, um, 
Also, I, I, I will mention another thing. I'm very proud that we had uh, either scored or licensed music for every single one of the Harry Potter films, including uh, including the last one, uh, which uh, which contains a track that's on this uh, uh, our release uh, trailer had triumph uh, coming out today as well. So uh, yeah, there's been a lot of, a lot of great moments. I'm, uh, whenever I start talking about it and thinking about it, I, I really just feel so abundantly lucky to be able to, uh, to have experienced it. So, uh, and to wrap up, I always like to ask composers, um, you know, you're a composer, you're a musician, uh, if you had the chance to compose any film ever made with no disrespect to the original composer, which film would you choose? Wow, that's a great question. I've never been asked that. Um, now, you know, it could be taken as you know, which film score do you admire most and you'd like to take a shot at it too, or which film you like but the, the music doesn't really do it for you and, and, and you know, which, which you know. Uh, I think I'll go with the former, you know, and I'll say, I'll say, um, Good, the Bad, and the Ugly. Oh, wow. That's one of my favorite scores of all time, yeah. <laughs> Mine too. So, you know, I'll... I'll Hats off to the maestro Ennio Morricone, the very big, big influence on me. And uh, boy, if I if I could get a chance to do that, that's 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 where I'd go. Uh, I'm so so surprised no one has said that. So I'm very happy he said that. <laughs> <laughs> um, but Yoav, thank you so much uh, for your time. It was a great honor and a great pleasure to talk to you and talk to you know one of the people behind the music that has you know been a part of my life, my friends' lives, you know, just going to some movies and enjoying the movies and everything. So thank you so much. Oh, great. I'm honored. Thank you very much. And uh, uh, I hope to, you know, continue doing it. And, uh, you know, and thank you to everybody out there that has enabled uh, me to continue doing it.